0: Greetings in Christ and welcome to Countdown to Eternity, the weekly ministry featuring well-known author and apologist Don Stewart and Pastor James Cadiz of Calvary Chapel Signal Hill. Together they examine current events and connect what's going on in our world to Bible prophecy. Well, hello, my dear brothers and sisters. We want to welcome you to another episode of Countdown
1: to Eternity. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I said we. I am with the great Don Stewart, and it feels so good to have you back, Don. We are excited and encouraged about the topic today. How are you doing, my
2: dear brother? I'm doing fine, James. Nice to be back. I had a little speaking of back a back problem uh, from not paying attention to what the doctor told me to do and that was exercise i got it to so much of doing the computer and bending over it you know for hours and hours on end i don't know if you've ever had that problem my back paid the price for it oh yes literally for six days i i, I couldn't find a position to straighten up or whatever and it was just in pain. but i'm better now but uh, thanks for the prayers people and rare to go It is an answer to prayer,
1: and um, you're not really listening to the doctor too much, Don, because uh, as you uh, are still being told to do some exercising and stuff, you're still hunching over and working on on some of these awesome projects. I know. You are not going to stop.
2: (laughs) I know. I know. It's called balance.
1: No, it's true. It's true. I I agree. Um, But I do want to let people know that educatingourworld.com is where you are going to find some of this fabulous really literally backbreaking breaking work. Uh, it's, it's been awesome to see what God has been doing, especially through these projects that you've been putting together. Um, it's really neat. Uh, you've really been spending a lot of time honing it down, and it really is a gifting and a craft, that's for sure. And it's awesome to see what you've been doing, Don.
2: Yeah, well, thank you. And actually, the best is yet to come. We've got a number of projects we'll be talking about in the next few months that we're up to. But uh, particularly today, too, James, because uh, one of the things, as I did that talk, and many of you have seen on January 1st at Calvary East Anaheim, and the first two points were about technology. We talked about the whole world's going to be able to see it at the same time, uh, three different events, the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11, the false prophet uh, causing the whole world to worship the final Antichrist. You know, he's got to be able to be seen by the whole world to cause the world to do it. Then Jesus in Matthew 24, 15 says, when you see the abomination of desolation, somehow this little holy of holies there that only the high priest goes into, the whole world's going to see what goes on. And then we also talked about, too, a second thing that's in uh, Revelation 13, and that is uh, no one can buy or sell without a mark, meaning there's some type of monitoring system in place at that time, because you couldn't have people standing around all over the world, you know, watching people make transactions. You have to have that, and we know that's going to happen now from... Uh, you know just digital currency and so what i did on on our book educating our world it's a free download uh, on our book 25 signs we're near the end from educating our world uh, sign number 15 the exponential increase of technology we i've added a whole bunch of, of things on that one for this program for the one we did the other day and the reason is there's things christians need to know uh, th- and again james it is first and foremost we need to take a step back. It is so absolutely incredible that the Bible would say the sort of things that we're seeing right now so long ago that people, both believers and unbelievers, for years and years try to explain away, try to say this cannot be. There's no way the whole world, even a region, even the Roman world, can see all this goes on. In we know now it's a reality. So. Let's not forget that because this we're we're seeing this. This is mind-boggling. We didn't grow up seeing this either. I I was way before you. And now we're seeing all this. So it's a really exciting time to live, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Amen. And um, even in the in recent times, we're watching evidence of things manifest that the Bible has always assumed had to be in place, right? Yeah. And that's what makes this uh, discussion particularly fascinating, especially when you start looking at the elements associated with so much of what we're seeing. And you mentioned Revelation eleven, you know, Revelation thirteen. Um, we're talking about the the very active elements that will be involved in that, and how the whole world isn't going to miss any of it. That some big assumptions have to be put yeah. in place. Either the whole world is five people, right, or or the whole world is this vast. Technologically rich, you know, infrastructure that allows billions of people to see something at the same time, and we are watching technology manifest with the capabilities of being able to facilitate all of this.
2: Yeah, we sure are. You gave an illustration the other day. I'd like you to repeat it for our radio audience about when you went to the air show and the five G. Because I was asking, does everybody eat a satellite dish to be able to, you know, because that's what uh, Elon Musk is doing with Starlink. And you said, no, actually, the technology is there right now on our phone. So explain that to the people because that was fascinating.
1: Yes. And by the way, Don, just so that you know, that's what makes Starlink so uh, uh, fascinating in and of itself. Starlink utilizes satellite technology to bring uh, just a massive amount of data to areas that you wouldn't normally be able to get data to. And then they set up these repeaters in those spaces to then transfer everything. But, yes, the bigger issue here isn't the satellite stuff, even though that stuff is awesome. Like I said before, because we talked about this, well, you got to set up satellite dishes to be able to see the things that come in from satellites. Well, we don't live in that world anymore. The world that we live in right now, we have personal devices that are capable, more than capable, of being able to obtain data directly from satellites if necessary, when in many cases now it's not even necessary. I can give you a great example of this. Dale went to Uganda, one of my assistant pastors recently, and uh, brought with him a sat phone completely anticipating the fact that there would be no cellular service because three years prior, uh, the last person that had gone, one of the missionaries, basically said, it's all primitive, there's nothing there. Right well when he went there he said that the cellular service that was over there was better than the sat phone. Whoa. I mean that's how that's how much things are improving, right? So going back to the whole issue of the phone, you have to understand our big problem in technology always related to the ability to facilitate the demand created by a large amount of devices all sucking up the same network, right? And um, you could have a nice phone that was capable of pulling down a lot of data, but it turns into a brick if the network is incapable of facilitating the demand or the need. And I can give you a perfect example of this. We were, the very first time I went to the Huntington Beach Air Show, we, you know, you're talking about 10,000 people in that immediate area. And I remember going there, you know, planning on taking pictures and sending uh, videos and so on and so forth. And I realized the very moment I found a place to park and walked into that general area, my phone was a brick. And when I basically went to go talk to anybody else who had phones on them, they said, it doesn't matter what cell service you have, man, you're you're in the midst of 10,000 People, they're all jumping for space on the network, and the cell towers are just too inundated. There's no way that's going to happen. Well, this was the big problem in technology that we were facing when we talked about how in the world are so many units going to be facilitated with the demand on data nowadays, right? It's not like the old days where you make a phone call and you only need to grab like a 4K wing, you know what I mean? I mean, now you're talking about the kind of days now where everything requires so much data. So we, this was the problem that we had. And with the introduction of 4G, it was a, a, a powerful tool because it gave us very fast Internet. But the problem was if you had more than a certain amount of people on the network, you wouldn't be able to access it. And the Huntington Beach Air Show was a perfect example. Now, I went back to the Huntington Beach Air Show uh this last September, and it may have been the most crowded air show that they have had in a long time, if not in their history, because it was the, the, the first air show that they kind of opened up post pandemic to allow people to go and witness and see and all that. And so um, interestingly enough, I went there and I was mind boggled to find out that not only did I have a great cell connection but the data was faster than in some cases most Wi-Fi is to most people. And I realized after thinking this through and just kind of looking closely and being puzzled, wondering why in the world this is happening, I looked at the indicator on top of uh, my phone, and it turns out that Huntington Beach was one of the early adapters of 5G. So that makes perfect sense because I'll give you an arbitrary number, right? If you can uh, facilitate a maximum of five thousand phones on a four G network in a particular area, then on a five G network, that number goes to five hundred million. Right. Okay. But the the point is, the, the I, I want to I want to explain the disparity in the numbers. One thing is certain with five G. Would you be able to facilitate a device or two or three or four? Uh, For every single person living on the face of the earth right now with an all 5G network? The question or the answer is yes. It's not if it can be done, it's how many per person can they have. And some estimates are as high as 30 to 40 to 50 billion network devices uh, being put on the same time, three or four times the world's population. Now, when you look at that, you think, man, how many network devices do you really need? Well, think about it. If I've got a microchip in you that has to transfer information about my pacemaker, that's one device. If I have uh, you know, several Wi-Fi devices that are in my uh, vehicle, uh, that's several devices. I can promise you that if you own a Tesla, your Tesla is probably using six or seven, maybe even as many as 10 different uh, IP addresses on, on a single network. So, you're talking about the need to have in this inordinate amount. And guess what? With the modern technology that we have today, we have it. And that means that when the false prophet chooses to get people to accept a guy who's from the old Roman Empire area, who's a Gentile, um, and he has to stand and use a religious mechanism to kind of get them to buy his nonsense, all of that is going to take place from these phones. All of it's going to take place from devices like. My watch and, you know, all the other devices that are out there, They're, you just name it. It'll come from anywhere. I mean, right now, even Tesla's, for example, just like many other vehicles, if you have a GM that can do this, you can literally stop and watch a news broadcast if you want on the TV. It's not hard. Um, and that's what's happening everywhere we go. That's what we're seeing taking place.
2: Now, now, what's interesting about that, I remember a couple of years ago, Jeff Bezos was talking about giving everybody on the planet an Amazon phone. And so yes. the reason they want to put the phone in people. Now, I think here's my question. Is it going to be the, they're going to make money from the hookup or is it the ad, advertising? Where are they going to get the money from? In other words, is they charge people to hook up to the 5G or is it advertising dollars that are going to, you know, drive the drive the 5G network worldwide and giving everybody a phone?
1: it will undoubtedly be advertising and it will undoubtedly be other incentives that go hand in hand with that. Retailers will make a lot of money. Guys like Bezos are not having a hard time convincing governments to build infrastructures, to be able to facilitate this. As a matter of fact, it's interesting for those of you that are watching online and not listening to us on the radio. I have in my, in my hand, a 95 page document that has within it all the intelligence that was gathered at the World Economic Forum uh, in all of the panels that they had. And they had uh, over 100 panels Mm. where they dealt with all kinds of things. And one of the things that is really, really, really interesting is to look at their assessment of the need for technology to be able to accomplish their purposes. We've uh, played this video by Prince Charles. Now, King Charles, who has used terminology like this already, and we've seen this terminology being introduced, right? That it it rests upon the obligation of world governments working together to uh, basically deploy a military style campaign in order to marshal the strength of the global private sector. And this thing of Bezos wanting to give a phone to everybody, by the way, this is also a Bill Gates thing. This is a Gates Foundation issue, is all related to, hey, we're doing this to for the betterment of the education of people. We want to grow and expand. We see this as a charity work. We see this as something that's designed to make the world get better and come together as one. They've got these translation programs that are out there. They want to bring it back. This is the modern-day Tower of Babel. They want to bring it back to one language. They want to bring it into that place. And what, in essence, will happen with all of this is... The incentivization comes from the power. The incentivization comes from control. And more than anything, it's going to come from economic benefit when they go cashless and are able to start buying things straight from their phones. Uh, so there's so much
2: that they stand to gain from doing this. I see. Okay, that makes sense. And so um, that's where our world's going, James. And let's talk about it and also the, um, the new chat. That's out there with the AI, because we, oh, yeah. I, I think, and what I was asking about the other day, I want you to talk about it again, the double whammy. Not only they have to communicate, the false prophet, the final antichrist, the entire world, but they have to have something also, too, not just a major communication, but individual communication, each individual. What did I just say? What was said? and you mentioned the fact of of how the ai the technology there they're they're going to anticipate what people are asking they're going to have the answers ahead of time and right. uh you know do it in such a way depending on the the uh, language that a person speaks depending on their education and this and that it can be tailor made just like what we see in china with the with the so, social credits now in their social network uh explain that for a bit yeah, so this is really important,
1: and uh, this technology, by the way, is already mastered on many levels and is getting better and better. I can give you a great example of this. When you used to be able to get on your your GPS that you got with your car, typically if you bought a car, you would spend five to eight thousand dollars for a GPS system. That, in right. essence, was kind of dumb. You typed in the the, the address. If it knew the address, then it would get you there, but there was no capability of anticipating traffic speeds. There was no, you know, real-time updating. There was none of that kind of thing going on, right? Then it got a lot hipper, and it was able to adjust to all of that information. Now it's getting to the point where it doesn't just draw in information to spit out information. Now it's getting to a newer level. I can give you an example of this. About four years ago, maybe five, if I were to take a drive on a freeway and I were to use Apple Maps, for example, to get me somewhere or Google Maps, it would give me an estimated time of arrival. And that would be based on the current traffic conditions on an average day during that time. So it takes it, there's a heuristic that it builds from it. The algorithm actually says, hey, on a Wednesday, based on the data from the last, you know, 40 years, this should be, how long it should take you to get here. And sometimes we would defeat that number by a large amount. Sometimes we wouldn't, right? And so that's the way it works. It doesn't work today that way. Matter of fact, it's completely different today because now what it does is when you drive, understand your phone connects to satellites and it gives information all day, every day to the company in which it Comes from So Apple sees people driving on the road every day, and on any given day, it has thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people at the moment that you're driving on the freeway that are also driving on that freeway. And so it's able to determine the speed, trajectory, direction that everybody is going in each lane. So even if you're driving down the street and it gives you a a projection as to how long it's going to take for them to get there, it knows based on how f- how literally, at the moment, how fast traffic is going in that spot. If you don't believe me, wait until you have somebody in a passenger seat with you, and then go down the freeway when it's going slow for a little while, and let it give you a projection on how long it's going to take. Then switch into the carpool lane and drive, and that projection will change immediately. It will show you immediately. Now, the reason why that's important for us to know is because now it takes that same data and your personal driving habits, and it makes projections for where you're going to go. For example, every morning, I'll go to the coffee place, get a cup of coffee, bring it back home, and so after a while, you start your car. Your car tells you, hey, it takes four minutes to get to the coffee place. You get to the coffee place, and it says, hey, it takes four minutes to get back home. You get back home, then it says, hey, it takes 12 minutes to get to work, and it knows that right away. Now, the new version of all of this is taking it way further. And that is now basically anticipating what you're going to need before you need it on a much larger scale. So a great example of this is, you know, you have a conversation with somebody and while you're having a conversation with somebody, this thing, this technology is listening to you. It knows what you're talking about. And then based on where you say there's a deficit, it will give you a recommendation for whatever it might be that you might need. Uh, For example, man, I think we have a problem with bugs in our house, right? We think that there's something like that going on. All of a sudden, you open up your your phone to go call somebody or look up something, and you see a pop-up that says, hey, you can call these people just two miles away. They'll fix your bug problem, right? And then it's getting to the point now where it's getting so good at anticipating the things that you're saying in your language that it will now work in a way that it spits information back out to you, making you think that you're the one that thought of doing it instead of them feeding it to you. And and this is advertisers pay 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 times as much to advertise that way than they do the old conventional way. And that's the same kind of technology that's going to be used to take advantage of people in that time that we see the final Antichrist coming.
2: And so basically what they're going to do is put a subliminal suggestion in there uh, from a variety of ways, maybe a picture, maybe some words or maybe some text, whatever it might be. And the person will think, "Hey, I came up with this myself. I think I'll go to X, Y, Z, or do this or do that." When basically they're being led by the like the ring in the nose, or well, like like what we got the uh, in Ezekiel thirty-eight, right? He, the hook in the jaw with the which is kind of ironic, isn't it? With with a uh, gog, uh, because that's what they're going to be doing, doing the hook in the jaw with these people. Not even unbeknownst to them of leading them here and there. Yeah,
1: you are a hundred percent right on this, uh, bro. Hundred percent right, and I think that this is why. This is a very, very important issue for us to touch up on. As a matter of fact, um, we, I'm giving you a very limited description of what this looks like. But for those of you that are listening to us on the radio, you can go to CalvaryChapelSignalHill.com and you can grab the most recent broadcast that Don and I did on Monday where we talked about this at length and extensively because I cannot do justice in 20 minutes um, what we went over in uh, in about an hour to an hour and a half, and it's really important. And what we named that show was Christians and the Future of Technology. And there's a lot of good information that's in there. But that is indeed the direction that we're going. And actually, I've got news for you: we're already there.
2: Yeah, and uh, we need to know that. We need to know how to operate during this time because we don't want to be led around by what the hook and the jar by the nose, do we? by this technology thinking, well, just like the the new, um, you know, AI, the GPT, uh, that, you know, it's going to have the answers ready made for you don't even have to use a search engine anymore. Hey, there's the answer. That's it. And we talked about this the other day too. Mr. Wonderful, uh, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, is investing now in Microsoft. You know, and who yeah. like my daughter said, who uses the Bing search engine? Well, Microsoft has that now, and they're the ones with the, with the you know with the new AI there. So it's really interesting how all this is coming together and is coming left and right. And so. I think we need to have a number of lessons, uh, James, about how, as Christians, how do we deal with this? What do we do? What don't we do during this time? And just what should we anticipate to see based on what the Bible says in the future?
1: Yeah, those are great questions, Don. And listen, you won't believe this, but we've got about two minutes left. Uh, Can you give us a summary on some things we should be thinking about? You've got the last word as usual.
2: Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, people, we, we do count down to eternity for one reason, one reason alone, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life, the one way to get to the one God. We are not here just to uh, you know, tickle the ears about the future, technology, or all that. There's a reason we're doing this, because God has told us ahead of time, What's going to happen? And when we see these things fall into place, like the technology where you could the whole world can see something at once, where you could buy or sell and someone will be monitoring it somewhere because it's a digital transaction. This is assumed by scripture uh, back in a day when people hadn't the slightest idea what it was talking about. So what we're saying is we need to understand these technologies, understand the use of them and the misuse of them and how. Uh, we're being led by the nose many times, which we don't want to be, by advertisers, by you know the government, whoever it might be, which is a whole other thing. By social media, um, we've seen that uh, in the last year. Well, that's a whole other subject for another day. But the point is. God's Word's way ahead of all this. It's, the newspaper's catching up with God's Word. That's that's the great thing. It's, I called my talk on January 1st, The Bible and Tomorrow's News, <laughs> because it's telling us what's going to happen even tomorrow in the news, not even today. And the news we have today is very good news. There's yeah. one God exists, one way to get to the one God through the person of Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Warned about this stuff ahead of time, told us what to expect. He said, I've told you these things ahead of time, so when they take place, you will believe, and we're seeing it right now. So as a Christian, we need to know how to operate in a world like this, if you're a non-Christian, the Bible says today is the day of salvation.
1: Amen, bro. I could not think of a better way to end this show, and you always do a great job summarizing it. A lot is changing. A lot has changed, folks, and we have to understand the Lord could come back at any moment, and we have to live that way throughout the rest of our lives. No matter how long we remain here on earth, we need to remember just how easy it can be that we close our eyes one day, we open it, and we are in the presence of the living God. So we need to understand that, take that into account, and look around because we see the signs of the time and we know what's happening. We, we, we can recognize it. And those are some great insights, Don. Listen, folks, I do hope, we both hope sincerely that you have enjoyed watching this as much as we always enjoy making it. We love you tremendously. On behalf of the great Don Stewart, this is James Cadiz. We do wanna thank you for joining us yet again as we count down to eternity. And as Don would say, may God richly, richly bless you. We love you.
0: Thanks for joining us today for Countdown to Eternity with James Cadiz and Don Stewart. Replay any program you enjoy and share it too when you visit CountdownToEternity.com. That's Countdown, to number two, Eternity.com. You can access all of Don's books for free at educatingourworld.com. They include 40 common mistakes about last day's Bible prophecy cleared up. God wants us to know the future, God's work in history, 25 signs we're near the end, and the rapture. Again, they're all for free at educatingourworld.com. These are exciting times to be living in. Prophecy is being fulfilled right before our eyes. And we want to keep you informed, not only on this program, but through social media as well. Follow James Cadiz, Educating Our World, and Countdown to Eternity on Facebook and Instagram. Then subscribe to our YouTube channel at Calvary Chapel Signal Hill. There you can watch the video version of Countdown to Eternity. We're also on Rumble at James Cadiz. I also want to make mention of jamescadise.com. There you can watch our latest live shows and video blogs. Whether you're a longtime listener or new to the program, we'd like to hear back from you and receive your thoughts, questions, and prayer requests. Email us through the website at countdowntoeternity.com. And we'd also appreciate your financial support. It helps us do what we do each week here at Countdown to Eternity. So thank you for standing with us. Just visit countdowntoeternity.com. That'll do it for this week, but come back for the next Countdown to Eternity. This program is brought to you by Calvary Chapel Signal Hill.